Hello team and welcome to Alt Marketing School. Before we kick off today's episode, I wanted to recommend another podcast to you, which I think you really love. 40-Minute Mentor, hosted by JBM's James Mitra. No matter whether you're just beginning your career, are a startup founder, or just in need of some career inspiration, 40-Minute Mentor is designed to make business mentorship accessible to everyone, covering everything from the ground up in just 40 minutes. They have just launched a brand new series, so make sure you head to Apple, Spotify, or any major podcast platforms and hit subscribe on 40 Minute Mentor. You won't be disappointed. Hello team and welcome back to Alt Marketing School. It's Fab here and this, today's special section, so to speak, um, is actually a very interesting expert interview, something a bit different that we wanted to add to one of our podcast episodes. And it's all about leveraging AI as a marketer. And actually, we have an amazing marketing specialist, Tony, I will let you introduce yourself, here to talk about his first-hand experience. And we were talking before being on her that I generally don't know how many of us can actually define themselves as full experts in the field because it changes so much. But I love the fact that you've been using it because I think it's going to bring us a fresh perspective of some of the good things that you've seen, some of the things that maybe even you have tried to navigate. So thank you so much for being here today. It's a real pleasure. Thank you for having me. Tony, tell us a bit more about you. Give us the lowdown. Who are you? What should we know? What's your favorite tea? Tell us all the good things. All right. So my name is Tony Lewis. I grew up in Spain, spent quite a lot of years in Florida though. Um, I moved there when I was 13. I'm, I'm currently back in Spain. I've been stuck here ever since COVID and God knows where I'm going to be in the future. Um, so surprise, surprise. Uh, but yeah, I am a marketing specialist at Thrive Themes. We build conversion focused tools for WordPress and we help solopreneurs, small to uh, medium-sized companies build high-quality infrastructures online. And I, my journey with Thrive Themes actually started as a customer. I, I signed up for Thrive Themes back in 2014, and I just kind of like became an expert at using what at the time used to be called Thrive Content Builder, which today is most commonly known as Thrive Architect. And then Thrive started releasing all of these amazing products inside their suite of, of plugins, um, you know, talking about Thrive Leads, um, Thrive Apprentice, Thrive Theme Builder was probably the biggest one, in my opinion, that really set Thrive Themes as a big player in the WordPress space. And I'm fortunate enough to be working here now. That's amazing. I love when employees' stories or kind of like, you know, team stories start as customers because I feel you really understand and you kind of like, you know, in a way you also love the product as well at first and then becoming an advocate becomes such a nice jump. I am personally a big advocate of WordPress. Um, I'm going to ask you now, Tony, not to put you on the spot. How many years of WordPress experience do you have? Because I was thinking about it literally today. I was having another conversation. Uh, it's probably going to be eight years or so. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my dad taught me how to use Thrive Content Builder to build out my very first website, which was a website for the restaurant that I was working at in, in Central Florida at the time. And that was, you know, they were my first client. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, God. Okay. I, I, I was thinking about it myself. I go back probably 12 to 13 years. So oh, it, wow. it, it, it was intense at the time. Like any other builders, like any other tools, even WordPress, you know, it, it was trying to figure itself out. 
Um, and I find that anyone being how, under money how is were me. you building? How were you building <laughs> websites back then? It was more like you kind of get the blog side of it, and then you kind of yeah. have. So you start with the WordPress.com, which if you don't, if for any listener who doesn't know, is kind of this the WordPress kind of build where basically they just give you. Some things you can do, some features, but it's mainly for the blog. It's mainly what it is. You don't have really like singing all dancing kind of full customization. And then WordPress.org allows you to use WordPress as, imagine it as a canvas, as a building blocks experience. So that's kind of what happened with that. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was a very, very long time ago. And I love that actually we're starting to look back because today's conversation is all about some of the things that are happening and some of the things going forward. So I'm actually going to get my questions. Um, and yes, I want to talk about AI and part of me is like, people might actually start rolling their little tiny eyes. The listener is like, not again, but I think it's so important to talk about it from a first-hand experience on how we have been using it as marketers and some of the things that we have learned. So I really wanted to bring this back up because so many of our students, whether it's in our community or even certification students still, I think have a lot of questions. And you kind of feel like you don't know if you want to start that conversation because people have very strong opinions. So I'm going to ask you first and foremost, before we even jump into the questions, what's your relationship with the use of AI? I think you mentioned um, ChatGPT is what you're currently using at the moment. Mm -hmm. Well, how would you describe it? It's complicated. (laughs) No, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be referring to ChatGPT throughout this conversation, mainly because that's the only one that I've really digged into um for the last couple of months and i feel like it's the the you know the the tool that we're all kind of like getting to play with at first mainly because you know surprisingly enough it's it's free and anyone can sign up for it and start using it which is pretty awesome um i gotta tell you my relationship is is a a i'm in love with it i absolutely i'm embracing it i love it i think it's it's a really powerful thing that we're you know just kind of getting um our feet wet with and i i really like it i'm really hyped up so what if i were to say what about people that actually feel that maybe as a marketer you know what i'm gonna say tony it's gonna steal my job it's gonna get me out of work (laughs) what what would you answer to that based obviously on your experience and how, how you've been using it yeah look i don't think ai is going to replace anyone's job at least not yet like i can't promise you that in 50 years you know, copywriters are are still going to have a job. But today, I don't think it's going to replace anyone's job, but rather complement it. Like, for example, it's going to take care of a lot of mundane and boring tasks like, you know, um, outlining a blog post or optimizing headings for SEO. Um, and it's going to let marketers for, focus a little bit more on the creative side of things for the most part, which tend to be a whole lot more fun. Um, I don't see this replacing anyone's job quite yet. I love that because actually you brought up two of my favorite um, skills, I would say, of marketers that are very underestimated that we talk about so much in the school, which is creativity, which maybe that people can figure out a bit more, but also curiosity. I think that's another thing when it comes to, you know, trying something new and experiment with the new type of content or a new campaign. You know, the curiosity and the creativity we have as marketers is something that actually can help us add our own flair as humans, as you say. We're talking about now in the nearby future. Goodness knows where we're going to be in 50 years, you know. But it's kind of interesting right now to have that conversation where we realize that, you know, the, the ways that it can complement and also can support our work. And then we can add our own uniqueness to it. 
And I love that you brought that up because I think it reminds us again of putting things in perspective. And also, one more thing I'm going to say, because I'm going to ask you about best practices to kick off, is that we also did our open day. So you might have listened to the episode, hopefully, is episode 136, if I'm correct. So a couple of episodes ago, we did a little snippet about our teachers talking about AI and its role. And one of the things we talk about a lot is just being open about it. The fact that obviously we use it and how we use it, because I think that also makes it for other people to understand that they can and powerful ways they can do it for themselves. So I just wanted to say that to piggyback my question about your three best practices when it comes to incorporating that, in, especially into the content marketing side of things. I think that will be interesting to explore because that's where I see it being really useful. Yeah. Um, well, I can talk firsthand about how I'm using it. So I personally like using it for the most part as a grammar checker, spelling checker. If English isn't your first language, this is a great tool to just make sure that your writing is on point. Um, you know, English isn't my first language. So I use it pretty much every day to, you know, when I know I'm going to be writing a blog post or an email, I just like to make sure that my grammar and, and, and my spelling is, is on point. And that is kind of really cool. A good practice that um, I do implement when I'm using AI and ChatGPT more specifically is to try to write good prompts. I mean, something really fun and really interesting that Ch ChatGPT and AI is teaching me is to ask better questions because, um, you know, these tools, ChatGPT is brilliant. It's, it's really smart. So long as the prompt that you're providing it with is smart and elaborate as well. For example, Say that you're trying to write a blog post about the potential consequences in the workforce for copywriters now that AI is emerging, and you want ChatGPT to help you with the outline for that. You're going to get a much better response if you start off by telling ChatGPT how long do you need the blog post to be, um, the tone in which you want the blog post to be written, uh, whether you're aiming to get people to click on a specific link somewhere in that blog post, um, and so forth and so on. It, you know, the more specific you get talking to the AI, the better results you're going to get. And it's, it's really teaching me to ask better questions. And in my day to day conversations with people, I'm learning to just ask better questions overall, which is something really cool. It's funny that that actually has been one of my biggest hurdles and learnings as well from using AI. So I mentioned this before. Um, we use Jasper which is another great tool. Mm -hmm. uh, and it has also like pretty much everywhere, there is that kind of chat function now. If you are an AI tool, then obviously you're going to implement that because it, as you said, it kind of really helps with, with prompts and other things. And one thing that I also tried is actually coming up with content topic ideas, especially if you're doing something for somebody else or, you know, if you're kind of supporting a client or whatever that might be, or even your team. I just wanted to try it. And that's again where I go back to understanding how to actually write better prompts myself because you have to go more specific not just in obviously let's say three content ideas for a career coach that's fine but it might just get you to a certain level so it actually helps to be more specific which it's a companion of asking better questions in my opinion being more specific it's so important especially at the starting stages of creating content curating brainstorming or even getting the support you need so I think it's really important that you mentioned that because it's, again, like an interestingly side scale that we've been refining just by using a tool like this too. A hundred percent. Is there any other way that you use it, by the way? So I personally really like outlining blog posts with ChatGPT. It, it really does 
put into perspective just some best SEO practices to take into account when you're writing a blog post. Like ChatGPT will uh, help you figure out, you know, where does your H2 heading need to go? Where does your H3 headings need to go? And it's just really, it to me, it's a really good way of outlining content. But this brings me to another really good practice that I'm trying not to not to fall under the trap of of um, and temptation of relying on AI uh, to just do everything for me. Like I try not to just let ChatGPT do the hard work for me. There are a lot of rumors going around that Google is really going to penalize content that is exclusively written by AI. And trust me, there are some really smart AI detectors out there that can tell whether your text has been written by AI. So, you know, don't think for a second that you can trick Google because it's not going to work. I mean, these guys are smart and they're going to be able to tell whether your blog post was just written by ChatGPT. And you don't want to go through the hassle of having to go back in time and fixing your old blog posts, mainly because you were just too lazy to write them out yourself. So don't let, don't fall, like that's something that I really, that's a really good practice to encourage marketers that are, you know, thinking about incorporating AI into their into their workflows, just don't fall under the temptation of letting it do the heavy lifting for you because in the long run it's probably not a good idea. First of all, obsessed. It's kind of funny because as soon as you were talking about this, I was thinking we've got to talk about the SEO conundrum. We've got to talk about this new conversation about Google kind of, you know, refining is little, imagine little goggles, Google goggles be like, "Mm -hmm, is this written by AI? Because there's, as you said, a lot of conversations and also a lot of articles and even just chatter in general about this. So thank you for bringing it up because I was going to otherwise. Um, Two things that I personally love doing, and I always would love to hear anything that might come from you as well. So when I do use um, AI to support the content that I'm writing, especially let's use blog posts as an example. First of all, there's always the editing piece because regardless of how much you might be specific on the tone of voice, I genuinely find that the tone of voice will be very unique and that uniqueness is your superpower in my humble opinion. So for example, when I wrote my book, my both of my books, everybody that reads them says it really sounds like you. And I think that has always been like a a very big compliment. So it was like, you don't want to lose that. And I think editing is super important. So even if you're using some of that content, even if it's just the intro, even if you are scattering some kind of content written and supported by AI within your post, so we need longer form content, definitely go back and kind of use it as a way to then revise it as well. It's kind of funny because I think it's helping us also being better editors. Something that a lot of writers maybe kind of tend to kind of be like, ah, I just wrote it, it's fine. Just getting it out there, especially if you're not a copywriter. If you 100%. Are, mm-hmm. You know how many hats we have to wear, Tony? How many hats? We have? Yeah. <laughs> Too many of them. Yeah. Uh, no, 100%. And that's actually, look, I, I think what you just said is super important because, you know, what's going to make a, a lot of what's going to make your brand stand out is that it has personality and it has meaning. And what makes your blog posts unique and valuable is that they're coming from you. It's It's your voice in there. Um, and that, you know, that's the case in blog posts. It's the case in emails. It's, you know, if you watch a movie, I mean, you're watching people, people's voices, right? Even if they're acting. And if you strip that personality touch out of your work, out of the equation, I feel like people are going to be able to tell that it's, you know, that you're, you don't really care about putting in the, the work of actually writing up something that's unique and that's important to you. And that in the long run is definitely not something. I mean, I feel like people in the world of influencers, People are really starting to smell the BS from miles away. And you don't want to be one of those people that is putting content out there that isn't really truly valuable um, or unique. 
Hello team, it's Fab here, founder and head teacher at Alt Marketing School. And if you're listening to this, it means you'll be listening to our latest episode. So I hope you're enjoying the ride so far. I'm just nipping in quickly to let you know that a new cohort of our introduction to positive impact marketing is kicking off soon. This is a four-day cohort-based intensive experience where we're going to map the next steps in your marketing strategy. Together, we're going to build your brand Bible in pretty much three days. And then you're also going to be able to present it to us on day four. In three days only, you'll learn how to become an irresistible storyteller, narrow your audience's needs, and create your personalized brand Bible. So if you want to craft a strong vision people want to root for, get expert feedback and implementations for a fraction of the price of working with an agency, then I recommend you join us because this live intensive experience only happens a handful of times a year. So you better be quick. If anything, you can actually look at the full curriculum and breakdown of the experience and how it's going to work out and hear from incredible people that did it right before yourself. If you want to find out more and actually get the whole tea, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash intro. I repeat, amschool.click slash intro, and you will be able to find out more about our live intensive introduction to positive input marketing. Hopefully, I'll see you there. In the meantime, on with the show. Love that. And actually leads me to one of my other points that I wanted to talk about today, which is kind of misconceptions or myths, maybe even stuff that has been brought up when you had conversations with other marketers, maybe on your own podcast, or even within your team, when you actually started maybe talking about using this tool. Is there anything that, you know, kind of came up and you thought, "Mm, this is actually something that maybe people think about, but it's not the case, whether it's a myth or a misconception you can think of? A hundred percent. I mean, I feel like the biggest misconception is probably that you can just sit down and relax and let ChatGPT handle everything for you. I'm seeing this, especially not so much in the digital marketing space. I feel like probably because I'm surrounded by smart marketers, but I see a lot of programmers relying on ChatGPT to write code for them. I mean, it's that smart, just in case there's anyone out there that doesn't know about ChatGPT. It really is that smart. It can program for you. It's It's brilliant. It really is smart. But they're relying too much on it. And I feel like that is a big misconception. I, I don't think you should be relying entirely on AI, but, you know, mainly because of things that we just discussed, right? If, if Google starts penalizing content that's been being written by, by AI, you're going to be, you're going to be in trouble. And, you know, it, it goes back to the whole idea of making sure that your brand is unique, that, that you have a voice and that people don't just think that you're, you know, just relying on ChatGPT to the, to do the work for you. I had no idea. I generally had no idea that you could even write a whole like strings of code. That is, that is oh, wild. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is. It's that yeah, smart. To be honest, I haven't used ChatGPT itself because it's Jasper. The whole point of Jasper is really to support with kind of more the content side of it. So, you know, I think that's been that. But also, I've used other tools as well. When it came, for example, to sales outreach, it's been super interesting to see that too. Like, uh, like things like this prospecting, like, I think it's going to be layered a lot more in so many ways. And I genuinely also believe I had a big misconception, and that comes from tools like Later. Uh, Sked is another one that I've seen recently. Probably by by the time this goes out, because we recorded a bit earlier, probably going to be another fifty tools that said, "By the way, we're integrating some sort of AI right now." Which, by the way, leads me to the fact that I'm pretty sure that 
the idea of having ChatGPT or any tool for free for everybody to use was just a way to actually prime us to the fact that then there were going to be different tools that then you could use somewhere else. This is my skeptical, a skeptical hat goes on and I'm like, hmm, I see what you did there. So I don't know, but I'm just kind of speculating. Uh, that, I mean, that's a really great question. I mean, as I started to use ChatGPT more and more often, I really started to question why the hell is this free? Because right now I'm at a point where I would happily pay for ChatGPT. It's that, it's becoming that valuable to me. And I couldn't quite crack what the main reasoning was behind keeping it free. I guess there, you know, there is an element of letting people, you know, fall under the trap of really liking it and enjoying the tool. I mean, they've, they've got me signed up as a client now if they were to start adding in different pricing tiers. So I, I think that, you know, that really worked out well for them. And I know that Jasper is a little bit more pricey. I did look into it. It's, it's more targeted to digital uh, marketers and content creators and writers. Um, and they, I think they charge 50 bucks a month or something for it. And I would happily pay for, I think, I think they're becoming that valuable where I can see myself paying for these types of tools. Exactly. And to go back to what we talked about at the beginning, there's also the element of the, which we know as marketers, like tackle objections. And as soon as a tool like this became a bit, you know, it started working and it started becoming more popular, whatever that might be kind of the actual end game. Obviously, the big, the biggest problem and obstacle is people don't trust it. People are afraid it's going to make their life harder or it's going to steal opportunities from them. So actually introducing it as something that people could try for themselves, I think, is literally marketing. <laughs> it's like, you know, with that kind of marketing journey one-on-one, if it's such a big misconceptions or big um, fears and big blockage, it's important that you actually get people to try and first and to use it for themselves firsthand. Now, I'm being, again, skeptical fab <laughs> and, and looking at this this way. But just by seeing so many tools that we use on a day-to-day, now incorporating AI and introducing that conversation of like, you know, you know, use AI for your captions or to kind of help you with that. I think it was almost an element of educating us first. And this is why I love to talk about this, by the way. It's not just because everybody's talking about it right now, so we should talk about it. But it's because of our school. And as a school, I want people to get an understanding and get thinking about, is this for me and how could I use it in a good way for me and for others? So I think without education, like anything else, you know, we can use it for good. We can use it in ways that are not so good. So education gives people a chance at least to try and use it the best way for themselves. If I'm making sense, I'm going to like it. You, you are completely making sense. A hundred percent. No, 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 for sure. And I think it does bring up a lot of questions from an ethical standpoint as well. I mean, to what, I mean, these things are becoming so smart that, you know, where do we draw the line about who can use these things? I mean, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I wish I had access to chat GPT when I was back in middle school. I mean, I didn't want to write some essays back in middle school, but we're, I mean, and we're at a point right now when a, where a 12-year-old can sign up for free to ChatGPT and technically not have to do that. Now, I go back to the idea of having AI detectors, just like teachers can have access to plagiarism detectors where they can check and see if someone grabbed uh, text from someone else's work. There's going to be detectors. I mean, there are already te- detectors. I've, I've already tried them myself, and I know that they're very smart at detecting text that has been written by AI. But yeah, there, I, I do definitely... Um, see how people can be concerned from an ethical standpoint. Thank you for bringing that up because I think that's a big part of the conversation as well that we're having these days. It's just understanding, you know, how obviously with the rise of a tool is almost like you can put your hand in the sand and pretend it's not there. 
or you can just look at the ways that then also you can make right choices and also tools that you can use to help you know. I think is that transparency as well that really, really helps. As you said, this is a conversation that if I had with like a 12-year-old who really doesn't want to write an essay, they're going to be like, yeah, sure. But as you said, then there are the tools that the, that the teachers can use to help them out. So I genuinely love that because I think that, you know, the, the things that you learn by actually doing things yourself firsthand obviously is invaluable. And as I said, it, it fosters that creativity and that curiosity. If you don't make, take the time to actually foster it for yourself, you will never learn it. And it leads me to one other question, which is, do you think the hype is ever going to fade when it comes to AI? Or do you think things are just going to evolve? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think evolve is a good word. I mean, the hype for AI in ChatGPT and Jasper, I think it, it will eventually transition into other types of AI technologies, of AI emerging technologies. For example, I have a feeling that we're all going to go crazy when we can actually talk to an AI tool in the same way that Tony Stark's uh, talks to Jarvis in the Iron Man movies. I mean, that's going to be a, a really cool day when we can actually talk to Alexa and have Alexa do things for us or, or talk to our HomePods or series in the same way that we talk to, ta- to ChatGPT. So, yeah, the, the ChatGPT hype, the Jasper hype will eventually fade, but it will transition into other types of AI emerging technologies for sure. Interesting. So again, it might be it might be a take two, but also it's kind of interesting because I was talking obviously before being off air. We are going to also be talking about AI in our certification, which is going to be a couple of months from time of recording. Tony again, he, he kindly joined, agreed to join us again. And I am excited to obviously get this in front of our students and see how the conversation might change then. Because as you said, is evolution. And as we know, this kind of evolution can change so fast. And I've already seen it just by a couple of months of using it. So I'm really, really excited to have yet another conversation about that too. Now, this is obviously something a bit different. It is an expert chat. We really talked about one topic and we dived in, but it doesn't mean that we can have a bit of fun, Tony, doesn't it? So I'll say, let's finish up with our quick fire session anyway. Let's bring it on. How do you feel about that? Oh, I love fire sessions for sure. Bring it out. Okay. Okay. So first of all, this or that. Quick choice. You got two options. I want to know which one you're gonna keep out of the two if you were to choose one. Ready? All right. Mm-hmm. Spotify playlist or podcast? Yeah, I'm one of the few people on this planet that doesn't have a Spotify subscription, <laughs> so I guess podcasts. Obsessed. Voice notes or texts? Ah, texts. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I don't do voice voice notes. No, I you, having to stop whatever it is that I'm in the middle of in in my day um, to listen to someone's voice note is I I don't like that. And my my you know my mother actually does that a lot. I mean, I don't want to stereotype, but I as an Italian, like a lot of my friends do that as well. A lot is like a very it's kind of funny. I got to the airport once and literally I got that I was kind of across the border because everybody stopped texting. They were just all voice noting to each other. And I was like, what just happened here? Where am I right now? Yeah, <laughs> so no. <laughs> it's a very cultural thing for us these days. And I just it, it boggles me. However, Tony, I'll tell you, I use a lot of dictation though. So I still have, I use the text mode itself, but dictation has saved my life, especially when I'm struggling with time. 
Okay, but that that doesn't force the you know the the receiving user to stop whatever it is that he or she is doing to listen to your voice. Which exactly. you have a beautiful voice. Don't take me wrong. I mean, my, you know, my mom has a beautiful voice too. But I just, it's like I I need to stop what I'm doing to listen to your voice note, which is not. Ah, I don't know. I'd rather just read and and answer back in like a second. It's just more. Shout out to mom. I I love it. Shout out to mom. <laughs> um, next one: carousels or reels? Um, probably reels. Yeah, there. I mean, I. Yeah, I guess reels. Pro- I mean, if if I'm being totally honest, probably none of them. But if I had to pick one, reels. Then maybe the next one, maybe that will kind of get us a bit more excited. TikTok or YouTube? Okay, yeah, this one's more exciting. So definitely <laughs> YouTube. I'm a big proponent on long form content, whether it's YouTube, whether it's podcast, whether it's reading. Um, although I do have a very deep respect for TikTok's algorithm. I mean, I'm not going to get into the intricacies of the platform and all of the political stuff that carries, you know, that that's being carried on the platform, but the actual algorithm, I really, really have a deep respect for. I think it's uh, TikTok hat has really disrupted social media in a really cool way. Agreed. Agreed. Memes or GIFs? Uh, both. <laughs> I get, I mean, <laughs> probably GIFs, but memes are fun. <laughs> I know that they're both really good. I think whenever I'm doing to somebody that kind of resonates with that, it just makes me really, really happy. Finally, last <laughs> but not least, I might know where we're handing here, but you know, you might surprise me. Newsletter or Twitter? Um, I probably gotta go. I mean, if I'm honest with myself, I'll probably pick Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I actually see he, Twitter is a double edged sword. You can do, you can learn stuff from people and it's a very good way of staying informed or you can, it can be a complete waste of time and you can just be shouting at other angry people on the internet. Um, I know how to use it in an efficient way, even though social media, in my opinion, is not a very good investment of, of one's time, but I, I got to pick both. To be honest, newsletters are great too. I mean, yeah. As a proper, as a proprietor for long form content, I thought the newsletter was also a little special place on your heart. They definitely have it in mind, but it's because I'm also a long form writer and I really love that, that kind of piece. So I, that's why for me it resonates a lot. Well, thank you. So we did the this or that. Now we usually have other questions, but because we covered a lot of these within the section, especially talking about tools, I'm just going to close up with our final question that we ask as well, each and every single person. So Tony, if you could broadcast one message onto everybody's phone right now what would that message be <laughs> oh god uh it would probably be get to work <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding maybe like just be kind to people i don't know that's it that's a you that you giving me a lot of responsibility there i'm not really sure what i would say to people smile i guess yeah work hard i love it i i think for me like i always think about it obviously it kind of changes for me as well because i ask it every single time but there's definitely one that kind of comes up a lot in my head which is like play more instead of like gonna get to work because i think work a lot of us kind of know that we kind of have to get back to that but play which doesn't mean be on your phone like to me like just play more is one of the things that I wish somebody would tell me a bit more often. So Playmore is a good one. Playmore is a good one. 
Tony, thank like you it. so, so much. You give us so much goodness and you really helped us, I think, kind of getting a bit of more clarity and also an understanding of where we want to go, especially when I use tools like AI. Now, as a final reminder, tell us again, where can people find out more about you and also check out the Thrive Teams podcast and all the good things? Yeah, so I am uh, on pretty much everywhere that Thrive Themes is on. So you can find us on Instagram. You can definitely find us on YouTube. We create content pretty much on a weekly basis. So um, you can definitely go to thrivethemes.com to learn more about Thrive Themes and the conversion-focused tools that we built here to help you create online businesses. And if you want to find me um, on the internet, I will be anywhere that Thrive Themes is on, mostly on YouTube. Thank you so much again. And thank you for listening to your listener. We would love to hear what your thoughts are when it comes to AI and its future. In the meantime, as always, please make sure that you leave us a little review and you are back next week because what I'm going to say is thank you so much. Class dismissed. Thank you so much for listening. Head to oldmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class. If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spend the love on Instagram at Alt Marketing School. Until next time.